we're back. Welcome back, folks, to another episode of Snooze and Booze. We're here with another, just a, a mini episode, Quickie. Our version of Quickie is like usually over an hour anyway, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's UFC 245 today. The prelims start at 3, and I got legit three separate bets going on. So I have, oh, really? Yeah, so I have two or three three-teamers going through. And I won't say the names just to not jinx myself or whatever. <laughs> but the payout is pretty good based on whatever, you know, so it's, so I, I don't know. I'm pretty good at the uh, picking fights as far as the... Um, like instigating, like actual altercations with people? Sure, that too, sure. <laughs> but I meant more like, uh, obviously, I meant more like the um, like the underdogs that shouldn't be underdogs or that's a, the underdog is live. Like, it's a 50-50, it's a but they're going, it's a big, like, the odd makers or the bookies have it. Like, this guy's a plus 200, plus 300. Uh-huh. Like, that's wrong because it should be closer to, like, plus 100, if anything. Uh-huh. Like, I'm taking advantage of that. I'm betting on that. Oh, okay. So, there's a lot of those on this card. A lot of those. So, that's why I put three different bets on. I could do, like, one big bet and have, like, a nine-part parlay. But that's just super risky. But, I mean, that's kind of the whole point, right? So if, shots. I, so, if I put 100 bucks on a nine-part parlay, it'll probably give me, like, two, three grand, right? Something like that. And, but... If I spread it out into three different, three yeah, into three different uh, bets, and like I said, the same fights I'm betting on, but thirty here, forty here, thirty here, um, like each each bet will get me about five hundred dollars to two hundred dollars. So the out if I win all three of them, it's a twelve hundred dollar win, thirteen hundred dollar win. So it's less than the two three thousand if I bet it all at once, but it's more likely to happen that this combination of fights win than that all of them have to hit. There's okay. been one time where I got a fight right where or a fight night fight where every single fight I picked one. How many fights was that all together? Like twelve. God damn. Yeah, there's one time where that happened. That was the Connor versus Khabib fight. You were there for that one. Oh, that was a good yeah. one. Yeah. Every one. every single fight that I had picked one. That's rare. that never happens ever, right? So if I would have, you know, it's all that retrospective shit, right? If I would have known, I would have gone back and like, hell yeah. Right. Yeah. right. But at the time, I only, you know, I did a four par- four man part four fight parlay. I, you know, I hit it. But it wasn't, you know, four fights. It's still pretty good because I'm only betting 25 to 50 bucks, something around there. Oh, okay. Like so, each fight? For each no, one? No, no. For, for a parlay, you're betting all at once. So that's why it's so much more odds are for so much riskier. So, because if I bet 25 bucks on one fight, you win. If you bet the underdog, you're, uh, even if you bet the underdog, which is like your best bang for your buck, you're still only getting maybe 50, 60, 70 bucks. Uh, and if you bet a favorite, you're only getting 12 bucks, 15 bucks, something huh. like that. So, but if you do the parlay where you have known, it don't matter if you get three in a row, uh, you have to get all four in a row. That's, um, that will bring your odds. So, so a $25 bet on a four fight parlay with, uh, some of them being underdogs, you'll get about four or 500 bucks. So it's 25 to win like 500. It's, if you bet more, it's 50 bucks to win 600, 700, 800, that kind of thing, you know? So, uh-huh. it, like, the, the, you know, the more you bet, the more you get uh, a little bit of a handle on it. Okay. Um, and, you know, I'm, I do pretty good. Hi, uh, fights is where I make my money, like, but where I lose my money is the hockey nights. So, huh. like, because that's throughout the whole week. So, I'll oh, bet. I yeah, see. so there's always, like, you know, whatever, four ga- average of four games per night. If I do a parlay on those three, uh, I'll keep, you know, it's it's I'll maybe hit one a week, but I'm betting every day. So that one that I do win will maybe make last me for that whole week, you know? Oh, I see. Unless I hit early and I win, which I'll, I'll, this will happen. I'll hit early, I'll win like 600 bucks, whatever. 
I, I just won't bet anymore for the week until like uh, Saturday's uh, fight nights comes, and that's it. So I I, I still come out on top. Gotcha. But there's huh. but don't get me wrong. Like for the most part, I'm, I'm up and I know how to bet, and I'm pretty good at getting extra money or you know winning bets. But when it comes to that type, uh, but there's definitely times where like fuck every bet I'm I'm betting loses every single one. I'm like down twelve hundred bucks, thirteen hundred bucks. So is that like fuck to happen more often? No, right now I'm in the, I say sixty forty. Oh, okay. I, where I'm in the plus side. Like 60, more often 40. than not, like you're. Yes, yeah, I'm making. Up. So for every like, because you'll legit have to like how I bet, which is within the twenty five to fifty range. I'll have to because uh, one win, I'll win about four to five hundred dollars, right? With one bet that I win. Right. So that okay. keeps me going where. I have to lose about ten in a row for it for it to hurt me, hurt me. Oh, okay. Because a win will sustain me for that long, unless I'm in one of these modes where, like this week, where I'm like three different bets, each one like with, with what twenty, thirty bucks, forty bucks, and like fuck, that's gonna hurt me if I lose all three of them. But I just gotta gotcha. win one for it to last me for two, three weeks to kind of cover like your yes, losses. Yes, exactly. Kind of? Yeah. Oh. And then there's that fucking golden moment where like all the butts I hit one. Bam, bam, and you have a good ass week, and you're like, you're up like plus two thousand, and you gotta, you just gotta keep that in mind because you're, you're, the way it goes with the when you play the odds, you're gonna be down for probably the next three weeks. You're not gonna hit another good one like that for a right, while, right. you know? Yeah, but it's, it, it's, I mean, that's the kind of betting life. If you, if you get into it, that's how you get into it, you know. So is it um. Like, you're kind of, like, gauging the players and, like, their statistics? Is that kind of how you go about it? Well, for hockey, I go with my favorite teams, right? Oh, okay. So it's a little bit closer, with the exception of the Kings. But even Kings, because it is my favorite team, I bet on my heart. And you kind of, like, you, you do pretty good at, like, oh, no, no they were, they're on a losing streak, or this team doesn't play that good away, or this play plays really good away, so they, they shouldn't be in underdogs. That kind of thing. But for fighting, that's where probably I'm best at, just because... Um, the more information you know, the more variables that you can account for, right? Okay. So, you take an account like Jose Aldo versus Marlon Moraes, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's a fight tonight where Jose Aldo's an underdog, and you do not want... I probably would not bet on him. I'm betting... I, I mean, I'm actually betting against him. I just don't want to say it out loud to you, whatever I did. <laughs> but, um, he's fighting at a weight class he hasn't fought in, in like... 12 years oh okay. so and it and you can tell that's hurting him so that's going to affect his performance right i also know that marlon morales last fight he lost and he lost to somebody he shouldn't have lost to he lost to henderson Cejudo, who was went up in a weight class so this guy has a chip on his shoulder so there's lots of different variables you, you, you can put into factor where like this is an this is a negative but it should probably be more uh, so I'm putting that into factor where like, okay, I'm betting on this one because that's closer to a... There's no, no such thing as a for sure in betting. Right. But that's as close as I'm going to get based on the knowledge I have. Gotcha, gotcha. So so when my friends that also bet ask me like for picks, that's what... That they, hey, I need a guarantee. That's what I'm giving them. I'm giving them a guarantee like, oh, this one. Because he's got a chip on his shoulder. He lost his last fight and he shouldn't have lost that fight. So he's going to want to uh, make a performance or a, a spectacle out of the next fight he fights. And he's gotcha. fighting. And... On Jose Allen's side, the guy he's fighting, well, this guy's fighting, he hasn't cut to this weight in a long time. He's older, he's slower, and it's hurting him, and you can physically see how draining it is on him. So, and his, you know, I'm putting putting that instead of factor. So you can kind of well. see it, like, yes, kind of like, absolutely. I mean, the pros and cons. And that's kind of what you're doing. So the more information you have, the more knowledge you have, 
the more you're able to make a better decision on the betting things. Yeah, that makes sense. Very logical. And MMA, uh, there's probably not another sport. uh, No, for sure. There's not another sport I know more about than MMA. I listen to like 12 different podcasts, so I'm getting kind of getting all the, you know, and I read every article. You're kind of getting, you're, you're, it's kind of like, ever seen the movie Casino? Yeah, of course you have, Mm. right? Scorsese? I was, I was thinking that. Yeah, when, uh, Robert De Niro's character, Ace. Ace, uh, uh, Sammy Rothenstein. Yeah, it's when he's talking about like, he even knows when these guys are sick and, Right, right, exactly. All that stuff really does play factors into how you're going to bet. At the end of the day, no bullshit though. At the end of the day, it's really just 50-50, right? You either win or you lose. Plain and simple. But there's all these variables that can kind of give you that warm and fuzzy to make sure you're making the right decision. That's how, that's kind of how it goes. Oh, okay. Yeah. And break it down. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's mostly that. It's not like, you know, you're like trying to crunch numbers, you know, it's like. It's pretty close to that, yeah. Like, you, like you get all like the physical mm-hmm. like information and whatnot, and then from there you can kind of like, like I guess uh, chime it in and sure. Like, okay, this is like yeah. And then sometimes it's just kind of go for your gut though. That oh. there's that factor too. Some Damn. of it, some of it does co- like you know what the odds the like everything like the, I bet a lot of underdogs on the championship fights right because I bet against Amanda Nunez for Jermaine Jermaine oh. and there's no way in hell Jermaine Jermaine should win that fight tonight. Amanda Nunez should absolutely dominate and establish herself as the greatest female fighter of all time. There's no without. But there's just, I got this little gut feeling telling me that, you know what? Bet on GDR. Generating demand. You know, just bet on her. She's a huge underdog. And she gave, and she won. My, the last time I bet on her, she won me a lot of money because she was a huge underdog last time. Huh. And uh, and she's fighting the same. Uh, last time she fought, Uriah Faber was fighting that, who I was a huge underdog last time. And I bet on him and he won me money. And I and that that like plays a factor for me. Like they're both fighting again on the same night, and they're both underdogs again. Like I'm betting on both of them again. Oh, I okay, have to, that makes because, sense. Because you know, so that that's like something where I'm going against my own little stupid, fucking like all the research you put into all the shit you know about MMA. These two should lose the fight, and you're still gonna go against that. Yeah, just because the last time I I, I did that, they won me money. So I'm now I'm betting with my heart money. Because the variables are the same as they were. Or no, no, no. Last time they were the same too. They logically I should have bet against them, uh, but I just had that gut feeling. So I'm right. gonna keep on that gut feeling. That's dude. The last no. time we did this, they you won with them. Do it again. But this is why I have three separate bets instead of one big bet because that's. If I would have had one big bet, it would have been too much of the, like, okay, now it's too much of your heart. Dude, that means I have to win, like, fucking nine in a row? There's no way. There's no, you know. I mean, it's happened before, but nothing I've been. So I'd rather, I look nice. So I'd rather do three separate bets where, like, three of them are pretty damn sures of the underdogs. Three of them are pretty damn okays. And then the third one is like a free for all, where I can I just need to hit one and it covers everything. And that one's expendable. And that one's expendable. And that's the one where I bet you know on GDR to beat Amanda Nunez because there's probably no way that's gonna happen. You know. Gotcha. You never, but there's always a never knows. You know, Holly Holm was a huge underdog against you know, fucking uh, uh, Round Rousey. You know. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know, fucking uh, uh, Misha Tate was huge underdog against. There's, there's always huge underdogs that end up getting you the upset just out of nowhere factors, and that's, that's those are the ones you gotta keep, trust your guts on, you know. Oh, huh, okay, I get. It. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Fuck, I love this song, man. Oh yeah. Oh man, we saw Jumanji last night. What'd you think of the film? Oh, it was great, man. It was great. It was, it was fun. The one before this one was a little better. See, I can like, see that one. I have to watch that one. Yeah, there was a there was a cute little uh, uh, miscon uh, miscon because I thought. Um, 
Like, it's a sequel. These movies are actually sequels. They're not reboots or remakes. Okay. So that's okay. where the confusion laid, because you had asked me, like, oh, I didn't see the first one, and I thought you were referring to the Robin Williams. Oh, and I was welcome like, to the Jungle. That's who hasn't seen the first one? Like, what are you talking about? I think we saw that together. We like, might have. That's why I was like, kids, what? Yeah. And then I was like, I'm like, whatever. I was a little buzzed, but I felt stupid explaining the thing. You were like, all right. I, yeah. And then you had thought the remake was just like... The original, like I remember you saying something about the original. Or whatever. Like when I said the OG one, that's the one I meant, like the right. uh, Robin Robin yeah. Williams one. No, but that one is actually yeah, legit. It's a it's a not a direct sequel, obviously, because it's like twenty years later. But it's a it's a follow up. So the game is a board game that they find, but it's no longer like nobody wants to play board games nowadays. Right. So right. it changes itself to a video game. So that's what you're kind of missing, the puzzle piece from the third one to oh, how it got there. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. So in the Welcome to the Jungle, quote-unquote, one, the, you know, the, um, the one right before this one, mm-hmm. it changes up to a video game, and then it makes them want to play it. Huh. So they play the video game, and then that's when they select characters, who they are and who are not. And they meet other characters in the game who are... So that Colin Hanks character that we saw last night? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's a character that's played by Jonah... Um, Hill? No, uh, the Jonas Brothers. Jonas Brothers. Sorry. Oh, okay. Played by that Jonas Brothers, and he's he's the he's basically the new Alan Parrish, where he's been in the game for like twenty years, because huh. he played by himself and no one's ever got the chance to finish it. So he now other people are joining him. He can finish the game, right? So the way he survived was in living in someone else's house and treehouse that they made, and they and they refer to it and it's like a carving and it says Alan Parrish on it. It's like, yeah, this guy pretty much, you know, he, you know, uh, I owe him everything. I, I was able to, you know, I stayed in his. Oh, so it's like really cool little homage to Robin Williams. Oh man, you know? that's pretty it, good. It's really really cool. I'm not to watch it. Just it's good. It, excuse me, and it's better than uh, the the one last last time was really good. I really had fun watching it. The, yeah, yeah, definitely. What's it called? The next level. Next level, yeah. But the the other one was like you couldn't have done a sequel any better because everyone watching that movie. Uh, you're gonna have your arms crossed because it's not Robin Williams, you know. This is why Aladdin right. wasn't as successful. You know what I mean? Oh Will, yeah. Will, Will Smith replacing him type of thing. Oh yeah, like. To be fair, that movie wasn't that bad. Actually, it's better than I thought it was gonna be. Oh, same, same, same. I saw it on a plane and I was like, all right, fuck, I'll give it a chance, you know. Oh, I saw it on a plane. It was so bad, I walked out of, walked out of the <laughs> movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, it was better than I thought it was gonna be. So I'll give it, I'll give it props for that. But um, you just can't, you can't replace him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's sure. a Sano character. It's almost like it should be called Genie and stuff that happens with the ladder. Pretty much, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But I, but but like I said, uh, uh, they did a cool little homage to it, and they didn't like because um, if it was a straight reboot or remake, yeah, we would have whole. You know, to be fair. That is actually probably the third Jumanji movie. So the one we saw last night would be the fourth one in that universe. Because there was a movie that came out after the Jumanji film mm-hmm. called Siddhartha or Siddhartha? Siddhartha? It was a space like Siddhartha? movie. Siddhartha? Wait, space no, movie? No, not, not, not fucking the Buddhist thing. Yeah, it was like, I, I, I don't know what, Zurda? It was just like a space movie with Zack Shepard and like... Uh, Dax Shepard, excuse me, uh, and, um, Zerda, Zerda, you know what I'm talking about? It was a board game movie, the, the book was a sequel to the Jumanji book, and then they made a movie about it, yeah, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, Kristen Stewart's in it, he's like young, like a teenage Kristen Stewart, Zardus, no, not Zardus, um, yeah, yeah, please look it up, 
Zathura, a space adventure. That's what it was. Zathura. So that's technically an uh, that's technically the sequel to Jumanji, the first sequel, I guess. Huh. Oh, Josh Hutcherson's in it too. Yeah, yeah, very young one. Yeah. Oh, Jean Favreau directed it. Yes, he did. This was his first into like the big studio type things. Oh, no kidding. So, he did that one, which was, like I said, the book is a sequel to Jumanji, so that one's technically a sequel to the film. Gotcha. And, uh, so it's in, I guess, the same universe. And then, the Welcome to the Jungle one would be the third one, which is a direct sequel to the Jumanji film, and then the one we saw last night would be a fourth one. So there is, like, a whole little, like, without even really realizing, there's a whole little universe, or shared universe in that whole thing, you know? Very Quentin-ish? Sure, yeah. Yeah, I don't even remember that being, like, advertised, like, from way back when. I definitely failed at the box office, but I do remember the film, yeah. It said, like, the uh, budget was $65 million and it made 64.5. There you so go. I guess they Barely broke even, yeah. even, yeah. Huh. Because actually, uh, Next Level, I was looking it up. Um, it's doing actually very well in the box office. Good, I'm glad. I hope success for that franchise. I thought that uh, my favorite character or actors, I guess, portraying the characters would be um, Jack Black playing the preppy girl. Not the black guy, but the preppy girl. Uh, Martha? Whatever. The well, Martha was the, the hot... Well, Martha was the, the athletic one. The one that's the, the cheerleader? The blonde one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I forgot her name. Bethany. Bethany. Bethany, there you go. Yeah, so I thought when he played... You know, like I said, not the black guy when he first uh, did, but when he started playing her as uh, the role-playing thing. I thought that was my favorite character of the film. That was, that was pretty good. And my my a close second for that was Aquafina playing uh, playing uh, Frank DeVito. or Danny DeVito, Danny. not Frank. Danny DeVito. <laughs> Actually, I think I she she did a better job than The Rock did. Uh, right. Yeah. 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 I definitely do. Um, but, yeah, yeah. Not you know not, nothing against The Rock, but right. right. I I wouldn't say range is what he has going for him. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Charisma for sure. Uh, but you know even comedic timing, absolutely, he's really funny. But range probably wouldn't be, and I wouldn't have said that about Alcofina prior to um, the farewell. Did you get a chance to no, see? No, I haven't one? seen the farewell yet. Heartbreaking. A very. You know what I'm talking about? The Chinese yeah, yeah, I've seen like the, the, the trailer, trailer for it. But... Dude, that movie is. Uh, it'll get you in the gut. Mm. Yeah, and it, it'll really make you look at her a different way because you know she's like my sister Samantha, a type of character <laughs> where she's just out there and very for the sake of out there. You know, that kind of thing. Very Zelda Fitzgerald-ish. Sure. Apparently she was like that, too. I, yeah, okay. Let's Fitzgerald, do that. Sure. Yeah. Did you see, uh, well, you know, one of my faves, definitely my favorite Woody Allen film, Midnight in Paris. Oh, absolutely. Did you check out uh, What's Her Face's performance? And did you like her? Because I don't, per, as an actress, I don't like her. Uh, Alison Pill? Yes, I do not like her at really? all. Yes, I'm not a fan. Yeah, of I think she's not, she's pretty good. I, you know, I don't know. I Would I like her in maybe, like I said, Midnight in Paris and... Uh, Scott Pilgrim, maybe those are the two films I like. You know, but uh, Goon, even though she wasn't really in it for like yeah, no, she was fair and good. I think my problem with her is uh, that whole thing with like people think she's attractive and I don't think she's attractive, and I, which is fine, but I don't like people telling me she's attractive. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? No, no, I get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, she was um, wait. Uh, actually, no, I think I'm confusing things. Because I know they made a... 
Scott and Zelda Fitzgerald uh, show. There was like a series. I don't know if it was on Amazon. Really? Or Hulu. A but, but it wasn't her. It wasn't her. So it was somebody else. And not, obviously not Tom Hiddleston, right? No. No. Fuck, I don't remember. I want to I say it was Christina Ritchie, but I don't remember. I could see that. Hmm. But uh, yeah, like uh, Alison Pill and Midnight in Paris as Zelda Fitzgerald. Uh-huh. Awesome, man. I thought that I thought that film was close to perfect, to be honest with you. I think so too. I, I thought so that like if you could have anybody else playing a version of Woody Allen being Woody Allen, it'd be Owen Wilson. Oh wow. Just that kinda not an assuming, quirky, kinda non threatening kind of mentality. Yeah, I could I couldn't see anybody else but Owen Wilson playing a version of Woody Allen. That's essentially who he's playing, right? I think so because he's that character. He always plays that character. All right, the lead is written for him. The lead is written for himself, obviously Woody Allen, right? But yeah, I couldn't see anybody else playing him. And right. I didn't even think about it till that film came out, you know. But he has this like, kind of like neurosis that makes like Woody Allen, Woody Allen in his movies yeah. when he's acting in them. You don't think uh, what's uh, Owen Wilson's Wilson? picking up on it? Uh, not as much as Woody Allen. Well, I mean, that's. I mean, that kind of goes without saying, no. You know, but like... Yeah. I thought it was pretty damn close. You didn't think it was that close? Um... Is there anybody I, in the top of your head you would prefer then in the role? Like that, like... As close Woody to... Allen, but not to play Woody Allen? Woody Allen, but not Woody Allen, yeah. Like in his movies, like, obviously, right? <laughs> no, in real life, when he's a child molester. <laughs> oh, shit. Like, oh, damn. Here, let me Google it. Harvey, um... Jared from Subway. <laughs> oh, man. Did he do a good Willie yeah? No. No, I mean, uh, yeah, obviously, you know. When... Apparently, he's getting it in jail. Who, Jared from Subway? Yeah. Hmm. A footlong? Like, random, like... He's getting a footlong? I'm sure there's a footlong joke in there somewhere. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was actually serious. It wasn't even, like, a meme or anything. It was just... Yeah. Like, one of the groups that I follow on Facebook. And it was just, like, saying, like, oh, like, that, uh, like... Like, like the headline, you know, like what makes you click on a link or an sure, article. Sure, yeah, sure. You know, uh, like, clickbait, yeah. Oh, clickbait, yeah. Um, yeah, like apparently, uh, Jeff from Subway isn't getting treated very nicely in jail or prison or something like that. Surprise, surprise. You know, it's like, oh, this has got to be good. So he gets fucking, they beat the shit out of him every single day. and you know, mm. But and he's like packed on weight because he's doing like a lot of stress eating apparently. And they don't have Subway in there. Not the kind that you want kind of like prison sex there's a I joke mean, in this somewhere I'll work on it later oh it's like the kind of sex you want you ain't getting and the kind of sex you're getting you don't, you don't want, want. Yeah. that's from a new guy that's funny yeah I like that movie underratedly I thought it was pretty we're good. watching like uh, uh, we're watching Jane Silent Bob Strike Back last night oh right 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 uh, I don't know how it came up we were just looking up like um, the Hulu like what's it called Into the Dark the Hulu Ween thing it's called oh yeah 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 because they have different albums looking through them. Yeah, little right? short films, you know, nothing longer than like six, seven minutes and nothing shorter than four. But we were going through like 12 or whatever. We were going through them and um, like some of them were pretty good. Some of them were pretty like, man, this one could be a full movie. I, I, I'd i like it. One of them was called The the Rizzle. Have you heard of this the one? Rizzle? Did you no, see that no. one? It's uh, a girl that watches a YouTube video called The Rizzle. And it's a, like, basically think of the Charleston. The Rizzle is a substitute for the Charleston dance. Huh. So it's a guy doing like a menstrual show, right? Or a vaudeville type thing. Guy with oh, a, okay. It's a black and white video, old timing with a guy with a top hat. Oh, okay. okay. And he does a, a dance and it says, try the the Rizzle if you dare. And the girl like, what the fuck? And, and it does look kind of creepy, but it's kind of fun. 
the girl ends up like doing the video over and over ends up trying to dance and then like ends up quoting I guess the dance is more of a ritual that summons something oh that ends up like taking over your, it, it gets really creepy it's actually kind of scary it gets pretty creepy it takes over your body or, and then you end up trapped in that video and now the YouTube video is you huh. in that thing and anybody else who watches it's like it's like that vicious cycle type of Very thing interesting. but it, it's pretty cool, pretty cool check it out on uh, Hulu The Rizzle I'm promoting that one and then there's a few other ones that were kind of fun. Yeah, I liked it, though. Um, the Hug was pretty good. Did you see that one? The Hug? Yeah. No, no, no. It's like a, like a Five Nights at Freddy's type of show, or a Chuck E. Cheese type <laughs> of funny. animatron that takes over. Uh, what else did we see? Swipe to your death. Swipe to death or something like that. Swipe uh, to death. No. Dating app type of thing. Yeah. I don't know. Which ones did you end up seeing any from Hulu Wiener or uh, Into the Dark? It was like a series. I want to say it was called like two two sentence horror stories or hmm. on Hulu. I didn't hear that one. It was I don't I don't think it was that one, but it was like one of like the the ones that they were. Is it still on there? I don't think it's still on there. Let me see if it's in the horror. It was um like uh, each of like the vignettes because because they were really short. Yeah, yeah, you know, really like short those almost skits, right? Yeah, pretty yeah. much just about. Uh, there was this one, it, like, it started, like, the first one was about, like, uh, it's like a quiet girl in high school, and everybody kind of picks on her until, like, you know, there are a couple of girls befriend her, and uh, they invite her over for, like, a, like, I don't know if it feels like a sleepover or something, and she ends up killing him. It's really The quiet girl ends up killing the girls that befriend her? Something. I mean, it seems almost like. Like a cliche, but I'm trying to think. Yeah. Pause. Did you pause it, right? Or no? Have you seen the latest, uh, like, season of Always Sunny? Uh, no, man. I haven't uh, started yet. The whole season just finished, like, maybe a month ago. Really good. Really, really, really solid. Uh, there's just one episode, though, called the. Janitor always mops twice. That's funny. Which is, you know, I'm sure uh, the obvious play on the the what is it? The uh, salesman always rings twice, twice, right? Which is a neo noir film. So this whole episode is a very neo noirish film. Huh. It's in black and white, with the exception of red coloring, obviously. Hmm. And it's so good. So Charlie plays the protagonist in this, and he's playing like a Humphrey Bogart type <coughs> character, but instead of a private eye, he's a janitor because that's what he is. <laughs> That already sounds good, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, it's so good. Please <laughs> watch this. I have it on my phone now. I'm tempted to just let's watch it now, but we can't, you know, obviously. But it's really, really, really good. Um, check it out if you get a chance. But there's this scene I could not, like, I'm in tears laughing because uh, there's this scene where Mac, who's like the bulldog of the film, right? The Like the, the guy that Dennis sends out as his henchman or his main henchman. Oh, okay. The main thug, right? And Dennis and uh, Mac are like go to Charlie's apartment to quote unquote warn him, but the way it's shot is the way old school movies were shot. So it's Charlie. It, so the shot is of Charlie on the edge of the corner of the bed, uh, like doing something else, right? Not, but as he's talking to Dennis and Mac, who are at the doorway, at the hallway of the door. Okay. So they're they're 
talking to him and Charlie has his back to them because he's on, on like on the corner of the bed doing his thing or whatever you know but they're having this dialogue and at the end of the dialogue but then Mac and D and Dennis turn away from him and they're still talking so everybody's quote unquote talking to each other but nobody's looking at each other oh, okay okay so at one point at one point uh, Mac is like like uh, yeah uh, he says something and then Charlie's like are you talking to me it's like, yeah, I'm talking to you. Like, I don't know, because I'm not looking at you. Like, well, I'm not looking at you either. And then there's this, like, well, I don't want to look. I'm not, not going to look now. And then <laughs> this, the whole conversation becomes about why are they having this conversation about not looking at each other? <laughs> and then, <laughs> but the funniest part, like, um, you know, whatever, they, they, they quote unquote threaten him and, he, you know, they, they go away. And then as they walk away, Mac does a quick, he's about to skit and he does a quick little look over and then he like looks over his shoulder to looks at Charlie to make sure he like saw him or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or to make sure he was there and then runs away. And it's one of the most like that kind of comedy to me. Like, um, I, I, it's just like it's quirky. It's like there's no setup, there's no punchline, there's no, but what's funny about it is that situation where everybody is like, um, Everybody knows what's going on, but nobody wants to, like, say out loud what's going on. Or vice versa. Everybody is literally saying out loud what is going on, but nobody, like, acknowledging the funny part of it. Oh, okay. I don't know how to explain it, but it's that kind of, like, comedy huh. is so funny to me, man. Like, what? What? Well, <laughs> well fuck you. Like, like, I don't know how to explain it, man. Oh, yeah. So I saw That's the bloopers good. for it, and they had a blooper where they couldn't get through that scene because they kept breaking down laughing. Oh, I can't imagine. Uh, let yeah. me see if I could find that scene. Okay, I found, I found the blooper thingy. Let me, uh, actually it says goon highlight, so this might be the actual thingy. But it's, it's all good. Morning, doll face. <laughs> Damn it, why are you smiling? When I'm trying to look sexy. You're supposed to be dead. I know I can be dead and sexy. You're not supposed to be sexy. You're supposed to be the goon. No, I'm not the goon. I don't want to be the goon. I want to be something better. But you are the goon. I'm not the goddamn goon. You're the goon, Dave. Who else is a goon? You're the How goon. can I be a goon? I'm wearing a nightie. You're a goon in a nightie. <laughs> Maybe that's your murder weapon. You God damn it. Right? All right, I'm, I'm out of here. here. All right. Goodbye, goon. <laughs> so what's the big idea here, fellas? Uh, Frank sent to say to blackmail you, so you stop sticking your nose in where it don't belong. Ah, so you're in on Frank's cherry scheme. It's easy money. <laughs> After Cricket fondles the cherries, the bars trash their whole supply, thinking they're all contaminated. Mac and I rescued a perfectly good cherries. And Frank resells them to the bars for a neat little markup. And it gives us 30%. Only Mac thinks it's 10. What? Shut up! <laughs> Say, you two fellas know anything about a guy named Vince? Hangs around the waitress like a bad cheeseburger? Yeah, we know him. See, no one's looking at Runs each other. Runs with a crew out of a church yeah. on South Street. Only he ain't the praying type. Tell him I want to meet. Yeah. You talking to me? <laughs> yeah. Well, I can't tell because I'm not looking at you. We ain't looking at you either. <laughs> Are you still here? <laughs> nah, we're going to go now. Even now, though. That's for the best. Oh, so not that bad, is showing, yeah. but uh, right. Well, they're leaving right there that scene, and then as they walk in the hallway, Mac turns around to make sure Charlie was there. <laughs> that's the funniest part, dude. But that's what I was talking about. Like, I don't know why that's funny to me, man. But that kind of humor, where I don't know what would you call it, meta humor, I guess, or kind of in and out of it. I don't. 
I don't. It's definitely unique. It's not your average. I don't know, man. I don't know how to call it, but it's it's like we were talking about this yesterday. Again, me and son went on. Uh, me and son. Me and uh, Tommy went on a uh, Nathan for you and eight Eric uh, Eric Andre show, kind of like binge, right? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And then we started watching videos about the breakdown of why this is fun. It's I guess it's it's nihilistic humor, what you would call it, like uh, absurdism, basically to the the epitome of absurdism, like doing something for the randomness of it. And but there's nothing random, right? So like like comedy for its own sake. It's like comedy for the audience as if there is no audience. So it becomes a fuck you to the audience, but who cares if there's a fuck you to the audience? It's basically comedy for yourself and whoever else is in on the joke. Hmm. So and that's, that goes for both of them because they just do extreme versions of that. But I remember me and you were having this talk about uh, Andy Kaufman, right? Oh, because right, it all right. is in the same realm. Him, Andy Kaufman, uh, you know, Eric Andre, Nathan Fielder, and of course Sasha Baron Cohen. But they're all kind of working that same level of comedy where it's not necessarily what I like from it because what I specifically like from it is the awkwardness of it, right? Mm-hmm. I like how awkward people feel that comes from not being inside on the joke. And in for what this video we were watching explaining was more absurdism and it's funny for the sake of funny. But I remember me and you were talking specifically about Man in the Moon, right? The uh, oh, right. The Andy Coffin film with, with Jim Carrey. Where him and Danny DeVito are... Um, they're trying to explain to the CBS or ABC executives when they're putting on the special when they start fucking with the tracking. Oh, right, right, right. So there's this moment in the film where Andy's putting on his, the special and he's purposely messing with the tracking to make it look like it's all staticky. Like, and, like at the station. So anybody that's yeah. watching it in their, ho- in their homes... Right. Like, it's like, oh, what's wrong with the TV? Right. And then they have to they'll, get up, they'll out, get up out of the chair. They'll hit the TV. <laughs> they'll try to, like... And he's like, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. And then the, and the, as they're playing that for the executives, one of the executives gets up, gets up and hits the TV to try to mess with it. And that's, that's genius, right? But uh, they're trying to explain to him, like, oh, we can't have this in the show. Well, that's not part of the show. What, what are you talking about? What's funny about this? The, the quote-unquote nerd bigwigs or the, the big money doesn't know. Right, right, right. Doesn't get the humor in it, right? And Andy's trying to explain to them, like, this is hilarious to me. Like, uh, the thought of millions of people at home getting up off their chair, hitting their TV because they think something's wrong with it, but re- really there's nothing wrong with it. That's not supposed to right, be. Right, That's funny to me. You know, they're, they're, they're he's over explaining it. And they're just like, no, that's not funny. They don't get it. They don't get why that's not why that's funny. I, I don't know how you explain that, but they don't get the joke that he's trying to do. It's like a right, mini Right, because they're like, oh, we're trying to, like, you know, we want the show for people. They're not going to yeah. like this. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's something wrong they're with that episode. two different extremes. Right? We don't like, want them to change the channel, that kind of thing. That's yeah, where yeah, they're yeah. headed. And and the, the executive specifically says, like, this is funny for two people. <laughs> the people that know Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is like, so? Andy's reaction to that was like, so? Who cares if it's funny? It's funny. It's funny as funny. Who cares if it's for, for the audience? Basically, it's a disregard, disregardation for the audience. It's the purity of comedy. And I think that's what attracts me so much to these kind of humors or these kind of this specific type of comedy. And don't get me wrong. I can still laugh at The Jungle Book Part 4 or 3 or whatever, you know. How many do they have? Well, like I said, with the Sedura movie, it's four, but three and the red. I'm just saying, like, it's your regular basic time. I can still laugh at your regular setup and punchline or your surprise aspect. I absolutely love that stuff still, of course, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Hart's funny to me. Jack Black's funny to me. Uh, that kind of thing. But 
this specific type of comedy where it's where it's funny to two three people in the room or the people who get it get it and the people who don't get it don't get it right that, that I really really something about it really attracts me to it part of it and I think most of it is that awkward factor because I really love making people feel uncomfortable, uncomfortable yeah. or I like seeing people be uncomfortable I like that that part makes me laugh and then uh, and then the other aspect of being in on the joke you know there's a maybe I don't know what do you, what do you think it is like the whole like oh I'm smart enough to get this joke I get it Shit, yes you know that kind of thing maybe there's something to that if I'm being honest with myself uh, instantaneously it's like um, it's almost like a reflex something's funny it's funny and then that's when you kind of look around and it's like oh these people aren't even laughing you guys don't get it? Oh, like, am I the only asshole here like, all right, and well. then at that point it's like oh like I guess that's the connection with you and the and the comedian the joke you know yeah maybe that's what kind of solidifies it um. Because I've tried. Like, I tried to introduce people where I'm watching someone with them, and I try to show them Nathan for you, and I try to show them Eric Andre, and they don't think it's as funny as I do, you know? I thank God my son does, man. Oh, my God. It'd be, I'd kill myself. <laughs> we were legit, like, crying, laughing last night, you know? Like, watching this movie, but it'd be it'd be hard. Hold on. Somebody, someone's calling me. Should I pause it or what? Um, no. Unless it's a funny comment. Right before you called, we were talking about, like, uh, guys from Ohio. That don't don't uh, that are impotent. They can't have erections anymore. <laughs> what do, know, what, do you, what do you got to say about that, Mister Dolly from Ohio? <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're right. No, I'm just joking, dude. Tell tell Lewis what's up for me, man. Yeah, I got you. I'm telling what's up. Sure enough, right? That's how it goes. Whatever you're, uh, wherever you're at, that's how it goes, right? That's that. Um, I think it's that alpha alpha man, like, uh, I don't know what you call it, that, not necessarily machismo, but that whole, like, um, testosterone kind of built environment where you kind of, you have to talk shit on your homies, right? <laughs> it's really kind of like, keep up your rep. Locker kind of room thing. type of shenanigans is more what I think of, you know? Oh, okay. Yeah, because it's the same thing with my marine homies, but the same thing with the work, with these work homies, you know, Dolly's always, like... Uh, inadvertently talking shit about the other buddies, you know, whatever. But in a yeah. good way, you know, in a funny way. Yeah, everybody is on each other. There's this guy I work with too. Uh, his name's Brian. Uh, older black guy, very funny. But no matter if you meet him for a date, uh, if you right away meet him, are instantly just talking shit like an old racist black man would talk shit. Oh, okay, like from back in the day. Yes, very funny though. Very same same kind of mentality as as Dolly. You know, it's, it's real funny though. Good shit. It's yeah, funny. Uh, what were we talking? Oh, comedy, right? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. So that mentality of um, trying to come off as as hilarious without giving a fuck if the audience think it's funny or not. You and right. the people, the small crew you have think it's funny, and that's what you're going for. So it's 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 for a very small audience in reality, not giving a fuck if the big audience thinks you're good or not, right? Well, I like that, man. I, I think there's something to that. Like a like um, almost like a social experiment or something, like because you're already above it, and then people that don't know they're un- they're not expecting it. Yeah. And you and like your your inner circle, like you know what's gonna happen, because you guys are kind of playing these parts and doing these things. They're just kind of like looking for the reaction, and that's kind of the payoff. Like an example is um, uh, I mean there is no payoff to this. I know for sure, but I was following <laughs> this. Uh, like super hot, like um, Instagram, not an Instagram model. Well, Instagram model, but she's a fitness in the. You know how some have like the sex oriented and some have the fitness oriented one. 
This would happen to be the fitness oriented, like sex, sex model oriented. Group. Yeah, like a uh, like a someone who has like a fans only account. Oh, or, I yeah, see. and then and then someone who has like a more like a join my gym account or something. Like that. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So this one is a join my gyms type one. But I follow both, whatever. But um, both types of girls or whatever Instagram models, I guess. If you're gonna branch it out to Insta- type of Instagram models, you know you have your fat girls that are still sexy. You have your hot girls that are charging you for the extra nips, you know, whatever. Right, right. And then you have your ins- your workout girls who are the uh, incredible bodies, but they're more workout oriented necessarily than like you know, uh, check out my pussy, you know, covered by like a star or whatever. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Anyways, this one was one of the the workout ones, and but she, her thing was like. Uh, her bio was like vegan slash feminist and then this whole thing and I thought it would be funny if I did that for mine this girl is never going to see my profile like there's no there's no, there's no way in hell like she's got like you know 500,000k routers oh wow so she's okay. never going to you know like what would make her like oh this guy that's like in my picture let me go to his profile and see that he he copied the exact same thing on on my that's not going to happen yeah 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 but that's funny to me to think that if anybody sees me is confused like what <laughs> he's not a vegan slash feminist what the fuck you know that makes me laugh the idea of someone the same thing with the Andy Kaufman thing like he's never going to see those people getting off their couch to adjust their TV but the, he knows it's had like but the idea of someone going to that and thinking and being confused is funny to me and like it's funny to him the idea of it it's never you're never going to the payoff isn't there but just the idea of it of is course enough it's to be funny. Like it's happening, and that's like what get like where you well, get no, that no. satisfaction. The, I think no, the payoff's not there. You're, he's not in the homes of no, I know it's not there. But he knows it's happening, and that's like that. That's all he needs. Well, so. we don't know it's happening, but we assume it. But the idea of that's what I kind of talking about. The idea of someone thinking that like I don't know if anyone's ever going to look at my profile. There's very rare. I I very rare that I go to someone's profile and I check it out. And it's even rare that someone's going to do that for a guy, which is myself, a guy. I'm not. Gonna... But the idea that someone might do that and be confused—that that's the payoff. That's the payoff to me, where it's like, <laughs> what the fuck, and not know that the origin for that is me kind of making fun of this Instagram hot girl or whatever the fuck. You know what I mean? No, no, no. I get that. But I think that's the that's the the point of it. It's just that, like, even, like, whether or not they react to it, even internally, mm-hmm. there's still that, what the fuck? Well, it's there's all, that, what the it's fuck all internally. That's kind of, like, the whole point. It's all one big inside joke, which is literally internally, right? There's no, uh, well, I guess not now, technically, because I'm putting it on the podcast. <laughs> so now everybody who sees this, sees this joke, yeah, so. Well, Maybe that's a double payoff. Like, yeah, that's, that's fine. The, that's a chair yeah. on top payoff, right? Yeah. That's cool. That's I guess so. cream. <laughs> kind of those stupid like cappuccino frap things that everybody gets. Yeah. Oh no, I'm talking like pumpkin spice. That's like a thing nowadays. Yeah, that's the go-to the to make fun of, right? The pumpkin spice thing. Uh, it's like the one thing that white girls are into, whatever during the holidays. I mean, pumpkin spice. Like, what is that? Pumpkin isn't isn't even a spice. <laughs> I don't know, man. I've never been into pumpkin pie too much. There's actually not too many pies I'm into, but pies. But would you consider cheesecake a pie or a cake? Pie? Because the name is cheesecake, cheesecake right? But even though it's more identifiable as a pie, like if you didn't know the name of it, you'd look at it and you say, "Well, that's a pie, of course, right?" Because it looks like a pie, right? But it's called a cake. It's like yeah. maybe a side in between. It's like a Venn diagram, like cake, pie, cheesecake. I don't know. Yeah, I'm curious about it. Yeah, no. Why, why, why do we call it cheesecake and not cheese pie? Cheese pie. What makes the cake cake? Pie pie. 
Because, yeah, it's, it, I'd say it resembles more like a pie. Because it has, like, the cheese on top, but then there's a crust. Yeah. That's all a pie is. Like, whatever you have on yeah, top. Yeah, pie, literally. Middle. Literally, we don't say cake crust. We'd say pie crust. Pie crust. On a right. cheesecake. Right, right. So, it's forever, really, when we... It's definitely... So I think it's definitely a pie, but just misnamed as a cheesecake. Well, it's probably one of those things where you look at the etymology or like the origins of it. That's because like something that happened a long time ago and it just kind of just kept going. Kept going on and on. Huh. Oh, like uh, I was telling you, like, oh, I gotta go to the boys room last night before I took off. Yeah, yeah. Then you went on the whole like, uh, stand-up thing. Oh, well, it yeah. was just more like. That's a very messed up expression. It felt very go, George Carlin-ish. You know, like oh, I gotta go to the little boys room. Like, where the hell did it come up with? And then I came up with that, and I Googled that article, sent it to you, and it just said, like, oh, like, the origins of that are very, they're, like, it, it was very kind of obscure and vague. It didn't say anything about where it came from, but it originated from, like, you know, like, 1800s, where, like, if a woman had to go to the restroom, it, it was, like, the little girl's room, but before that, it was, like, uh, after the, some kind of old-timey word for, like, like, a powder room or something. Well, okay. It's just something that just kept on going. I don't know. Hmm. But it didn't say anything. I just thought it was just some kind of priest shit. I, no, definitely never thought that. I don't think that'd ever make it an expression. But it was funny to see, like... Oh, it is for them. It's like an inside joke for them. And they're, yeah. they're laughing at how... In the priest world? world in the priest world? They have their own little, uh... Ju- not necessarily the priest world, but the specifically the priest that actually molests little kids. They have their own language. And the ones that know about each other, right? Oh, like in a spotlight? So the ones, not only that molest children, but are open about it with other priests that molest children, they would have their own language. And be okay with it. Because they're all part of like their little thing, and then everybody else is... The ones that aren't ashamed of it. So you have to be a priest, you have to be a priest that molest children, or boys, specifically, mm-hmm. and you have to be a priest that molest little boys that is open to it with other people who molest little boys. I mean, so, that's yeah. a lot of fucking notches you have to click on that belt before you're able to have that girl language that's like a whole other like so i don't know if little boy should be something they're something. using uh, maybe huh. it might be i don't know who knows huh. <laughs> i just like if i were to go to like a priest like just like randomly like excuse me a father pops, pops mm. whatever. like what if i said that to him and then he's just like you're not one of us yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> <laughs> then you don't have the membership, you know. But like, ah, oh, whatever. I was just wondering, you know, where did that expression come from? Hmm. This feels like a confessional sometimes, right? Hmm. I think it could be. Yeah, definitely. Um. Do you ever get that? Do you ever go to one? I've never been. Always wanted to, and I always wanted to go just to see how the experience is. Just to, like mess with them. Not to I mess with them. Fun. I don't want to be that guy. Maybe when I was younger, maybe, but just <laughs> to see the experience. The experience for myself, like. As an adult with an outside point of view, other than when you're a kid, you do a lot of stuff for like the, well, I guess we're supposed to because it's religious, religiosity of it, right? Mm-hmm. So I guess we're supposed to, this is why we do it. And you don't really question too much. As you get older, you start to question like, this seems dumb. What's the reason behind this, right? Uh, yeah, I'll take another way for you. Sure, I'll have a cold. <laughs> so I always kind of wanted to do the, as an adult now, like, oh, you know, whatever, this is my confession or whatever. I go. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. This is, uh, I'm, whatever, my first confession or whatever the fuck. And just to see the experience of it, you know. Like, I know why I'm against it. I know, you know, whatever my, uh, even from a religious standpoint, I know why it doesn't make sense or whatever the fuck. But, um, I'm curious as to how I would act in it now for coming from a more, um, 
not necessarily abstract point of view, but like a, a critically thinking point of view. Okay. Where you're everything, you're like, wait, why are we doing this? It doesn't make sense. I was talking with uh, my buddy Jose from work yesterday because he was watching, he's been into this ancient aliens kind of thing. Oh, that's a, that's a good one. Yeah, I mean, they've been around forever, you know, the whole ancient gimmick. Um, so I don't know how many, like, a thousand episodes they have, but one of them he was talking about was the how, well, one of them, probably, like, half the episodes are about oh, yeah, this, yeah, yeah. but how, like, extraterrestrials, and we say that without, you, you, I say E.T. and you immediately think of E.T., right? But the point of view how we use that term ET and it can easily be just dismissed as like an angels from back then their point of views right mm -hmm. or um, did you ever get a chance to see the Will Smith movie uh, it was Charlie Theron Hancock uh, he's like that superhero that doesn't yeah. want to be a superhero yeah. Or yeah, yeah, yeah no no I didn't see it it's pretty good it's fun I'll say that uh, Charlie Theron is great and Jason Bateman's in it oh, Will Ferrell's in it but there's a point where he's because he has like amnesia or whatever the fuck he doesn't remember and she kind of knows their story and he's asking her what are we and she explains to him like different people throughout time have called us different things so she says you know uh, at some at some, with some pe people at one point in time we were gods little g the Greek gods she's referring to obviously the, the Greek gods mm -hmm. um, or any of the you know pantheons at some point we're called angels Obviously, we're referring to the Hebrew, Hebrew Christian, Christian theology yeah. or mythology. And then she said, and now we're called superheroes. So it's like, oh, yeah, that kind of makes sense, right? So it's basically the uh, different names for the same type of description of the of this extraterrestrial <coughs> being. And I'm sure okay. at one point with better technology, she would have been, or even if superheroes weren't a thing now, they would be called aliens or something, you know, supernatural or something extraterrestrial. So whatever it is, it's just different names for the same type of thing. It's something that you don't know or don't understand or something more than you, right? Mm -hmm. uh, that's kind of how I, the aspect we were talking about for this ancient Indian thing. So it, so many theories that are possible, like these explanations or these uh, quote-unquote like Bible stories or uh, Quran stories or Torah stories, whatever you want to, you know, for whatever biblical book you, you, you have in your, um, for whatever religion you practice, there's, imagine if you were if there you're a person without the the vocabulary that we have nowadays mm -hmm. trying to describe something from back then, an experience or something you witnessed, that's something supernatural or superpowered. How would you describe it? Well, with whatever vocabulary you have at the time, mm -hmm. you know. So you would describe a chariot of fire. That's how you would describe a spaceship. You know, or a rocket ship even, as a chariot mm -hmm. of fire. How would you describe a fiery sword, an angel with a fiery sword? Like, even now, think about that. Like, someone without the vocabulary we have nowadays, with an AK-47, or a M240 Golf, or a M16, when you shoot it, you know, there's fire coming out the flame. Like, hmm. like would you not describe that as, like, it was some kind of sword, the flaming sword, you know? It was the angel of death. Right. Yeah, let me tweet about that. 100% though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That angel of death. Yeah, that, like, how would you describe it with a machine gun? With this thing, he's holding this big, long metal thing with fire literally coming at the end, and then people are literally just thousands of people are dying in front of him. And it really, in reality, was just some jackass with a machine gun mowing down people. But from back then, their way of uh, vo vocab you know, vocabulary oh, it was some kind of angel with this flaming sword or a fiery sword. Like, no, bro, it was a machine gun. 
like that vocabulary makes so much of a difference to how to, how we interpret it now. But because it's religiosity, we want to give it this fantastical, mythical kind of extra edge to it, and give it this whole like it was this and it was that, and you know, give it a poetic uh, value to it. Right. And and then you throw that into two, three thousand years later. And we get this whole ideology made from it, you know. This is, was, we were watching uh, Dogma the other day with the kids, you know, because they had never seen uh, uh, Dogma. And I was like, this is probably my favorite character. Dogma was legit one of the first movies that started changing my point of view from away from this dogmatic point of view with right, religion. Right. Where maybe it's not all subject, uh, objective, it's supposed to be subjective, where we're supposed to have different ideas of it. It's not all the same. <laughs> anyway, Kevin, uh, uh, Chris Rock's character when Bethany asks him Linda Florentino's character Bethany mm-hmm. asks him like are you saying it's wrong to have beliefs and oh, he's like right. I just think it's better to have ideas, ideas yeah. he, nece- he didn't necessarily say no it's wrong to have beliefs but he's just saying it's better to have ideas people die for beliefs people kill for beliefs so much shit that gets carried out in quote unquote God's name or you know like even that itself right like televangelists he made specifically but that gives such a bad point of view towards every single religion you've ever had because someone there's a radical behind it. How bad does the world view Muslims right now because of the Taliban or because of the suicide bombers or because of the whatever? Name social your pick. Media. Name your pick. The world views it. Social media is just like the tool used for it's it. A, it's a conduit. It's a conduit. That's all it is. But but that's look how bad the world views that ne- that religion as a negative because of that crap. How bad did America view these zealot Christians because of, um, you know, those, like, mass shootings at the, that dude at a church in Texas that ended up killing all these, like... Oh, kill killed Bill? The baby, oh, dude. man. He killed the baby, dude. That's, like... That's probably as dark as you go, right? When he opens fire on a church and a baby, uh, you know, what, I, I did two years old. What? It's pretty... It was pretty... That's pretty grim. That's pretty dark. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotcha, I gotcha. So, like... Then you get like, oh, it's fucking new. These fucking like uh, dickhead right wing Christian conservatives, and then that point of view gets so skewed towards one direction. Uh, whenever I hear one direction at Starbucks, I go the other direction. That's funny. That's a bad joke. That's a bad joke. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I it's like this. I don't know why I said that, but that just popped in my head because of Jonas Brothers. I don't know. One oh, because he was. Uh, what's his face was on uh, Jumanji. Sure. Yeah, I guess. But, uh, yeah, anyways, I, I think I was making a good point up until I ruined it with that stupid joke. Nah, that's cool, man. But, yeah, yeah, like, uh, Muslim specifically, right? Or, uh, um, uh, whatever, whatever you want to call it, how bad does your point of view change because you throw it on to whatever uh, deity that you're worshipping and you hide your, you hide your asshole actions behind an ideology's belief structure, right? But... Uh, the, the kind of the whole point back to the dogma thing like yeah you think it's wrong to have beliefs like it's just better to have ideas man you, that means that alleviates you from not knowing anything you, we don't know I just have a good idea about something right like um, you adapt that mix that with a philosophical point of view of subjective idealism or the do I know if I'm dreaming or do I know if I'm awake what's real what isn't real we don't really know anything you know it kind of alleviates, like, even you and Shining in front of me, I don't really know if that's happening. Because if I'm dreaming, then that means this doesn't exist, right? Oh, right, right. So I have to, 
I have to leave that quote unquote small possibility that, that I that this may not be happening right now without leaving this knowledge. Knowledge is impossible to achieve in that sense and that gives it more to like I'm not being dumb about it where I'm gonna be like, Well, of course the world is is flat because we can't prove that it's round. Like I'm not doing that whole thing. Uh, but I'm also not going to be dismissive of someone who thinks the world ha- has you know, oh, that flat, flat earth. Yeah, flat. I'm not going to be completely dismissive of it. You know, you know. I'll give you the, uh, anybody who comes with me with that theory. Like, there's a possibility, very small chance, maybe in my point of view. But I'm not going to say you're you're dumb because you think you're you're a flat earther. I'm not going to say that. Like you, you might be right. I'll say that you might be right, might be wrong. Who knows? It's it's it kind of gives you more of an open mind towards everything you look at. Not just religion, not just uh, political views, not just what you know, whatever something that's so someone so diehard about it, it gives you uh, an ability to be more open minded towards everything, you know, which is maybe the way to go. No, I mean, like, that makes sense, but like, it would take like, uh, it's almost like not even people like generally, but just as individuals, they would kind of have to like plug themselves from. You know, that very one-sided, you know, perspective that they have to kind of, like, be open-minded. To that, accept that, because automatically we reject the things that, you know, like, we hear them or we see them, and it's like, no. I mean, it, it's a reflex. This isn't, um, like, this is something that the older you get, the harder it becomes for for you to become open-minded. So if you were... Oh, yeah, right, right. Like, this, uh, you know, because, I mean, the... The reason this conversation came up with me and Jose was because, uh, and they listen to the podcast, so shout out to you, Jose, and Cynthia, his girl, Cynthia listens as well, so shout out to you guys, but he was, I guess, arguing, I, I didn't know, he's telling me the secondhand story, but arguing with this guy named Clemens, who's super, like, hardcore, conservative, Christian type of oh, guy, who just can't accept the fact, he literally said this, like, if you don't believe in Jesus Christ, you're a dumbass, and that, to me... Keep in mind, like I, I grew up with that kind of. Uh, I grew up in the in in the faith, but I don't not. I don't have that point. I haven't had that point of view since I was like ten. You know what I mean? Because that, come on, man, you're fucking. He, this guy's in his fifties, and he's literally saying that, like, bro, like, if you're fifty and you have that mentality where you're saying if you don't believe in something, you're a dumbass. What is wrong with you, right? You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't, like I said, I wouldn't even say that about a flat earther. Or a fucking, you know what I'm saying? Like that. There's not. That's not something I. I that's one of the most ignorant things I've could never. I, I could. Are you with me with this? That's no, no, no. Super, I get you. One hundred percent. One of the most ignorant things I could ever think of to. Right, we, to we, say we out loud. I'm just saying. Like, yeah, oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> cover for episode fifty-seven. Yeah. Uh, before I forget, because I'm like tiptoeing like on the ledge right now. No, no, but yeah, I get you one hundred percent. Like, bro, how are you gonna say that? That's completely dismissive of everybody who doesn't think the way you do not believe what you do but think the way you do that's like that's why i like that chris rock thing the, the whole like you th- it's wrong to have beliefs like yeah I, I legit think it's wrong to have beliefs i'm just straight up saying it yeah just if you have a belief about anything that's wrong have an idea that way you can think about something you have you give yourself an outdoor a way out or a back door out because in that way you're not so protective quote unquote of this whole this thing you've built your constitution around I don't know how to explain it more. Like, it, it, it's very upsetting when someone just has something that they don't want to let go and are refusing to acknowledge anything to be open-minded about something. Because it's like something like you've invested like so much into, you know, like 
like, like, I think it's just like a, like a, like a, a human nature. Like nobody wants to admit that they're wrong or that they've been proven wrong or you know, like you've been had. I hate that that's human nature. Doesn't that that shouldn't that go away when you're a young guy? Shouldn't you grow out of that as you get older? That's like accepting Sometimes like that everything that you think you know you don't really know. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes you're yeah. wrong about something and you're like, oh shit, my bad. Let me. That's kind of exactly. gro- part of growth. You should use that as like, oh shit, like that was wrong. So let me growth uh, to be better yourself. Rationalize it, like you know, use that as a tool to kind of uh, like, yeah, like, like you said, grow, like emerge yourself into a like a higher level of understanding. Absolutely, that you didn't know what you yeah. thought you did, but why would now. you want to? It, it's unfathomable to me why someone would want to stay in the same position they've been at, especially when they're in their forties or fifties. Like, dude. You're staying in the same position you're staying at when you're when you're a teenager to when you're now. That's embarrassing for you. Oh my God. Uh, do you ever see? Oh yeah, you seen Dust Till Dawn, right? With uh, Harvey Keitel and oh uh, the first one. Oh yeah, yeah. Excuse me, thank you. Excuse me. No, baby, Jesus bless. Uh, there's this part where um where Harvey Keitel's talking to his agent son. And he's talking, or it might be Juliet Lewis, his daughter. Uh-huh. Well, anyways, he's talking about his daughter's kind of arguing with him because saying like you don't believe in Jesus anymore because you know he kind of lost his faith in his wife. Oh, right, the right, whole right. thing. Mm-hmm. I forgot how that conversation came about. Whatever they're arguing about or discussing, but he says like whether you're a preacher, whether you're a nun, whether you're a Buddhist monk, whether you're a, whatever you are, he's he's making he's giving the religious. Um, what do you call them? Uh, the clergy. Whatever clergy you are well, for, rather, he's like, there's going to come a point in your life where you look in the mirror and you ask yourself, am I a fool? Uh, has has been my whole life dedicated to nothing. And I was thinking about that. And I was like, damn, that's, I, re- I always remember that stuck with me back then. Because back then, especially to what I had a certain path where I was thinking like, man, maybe I do, uh, well, I was thinking about becoming a preacher or pastor or whatever. Um, that kind of part always hit me because, like, damn, that's true. Like, what if all of this is bullshit and you're just kind of fucking wasting your life? Uh, what's the point of it? It really kind of led me toward more nihilism. It, you know, I, I found a kind of not quote unquote loophole, but uh, a way to have your cake and eat it too in a different kind of sense. Don't want to get too much into that, but it was just a way of like, no, it, it can be a way for duality, for both things to coincide at the same time without one being the other. But I remember that question, like, that happens to everybody. But no, nobody really. A lot of people would like to ignore that question. Of course, it's that we're, ignorance like, is bliss thing, right? It's that people uh, have this mentality so where they, they think that they're gonna. Uh, how do they say? They choose happiness over truth, which is. Look, if you're the kind of person that's gonna choose happiness over truth in the first place, we're probably not gonna be friends. I say that. Because if you're someone who. Co- who co-signs the ignorance listing? Like, yeah, that's cool. That's on you. It, it won't be in my factor. But, you know, for me, I'd prefer the truth and sadness over the ignorance and bliss. But that's, you know, that's my, you know, I'm not going to judge you for it, but that's probably the majority of people, I would say. Um, They want their happy ending in the movie, you know. They're they're a little bit afraid of the pain and suffering at the, for those kind of... Trying to plug out of the matrix, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Oh man, because I know we've had this discussion before. You know, I'm like still trying to like 
remedy that to myself. Ignorance is bliss. Because I still think that, like, in order to, like, accept... Oh, no, I'm just kind of spacing out. Um, to expect that is, like, to... Um, it, it's almost like you have to, like, realize that, like, okay, like... It's like you're very aware of, like, the, the I guess, the logical choice and then, like, the fairy tale choice. Red pill, blue pill. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's like you... It's almost like you have to know that, okay, you're taking the bullshit choice because you're aware of it. Mm-hmm. And is that where, like, the bliss lies? Because I think, like, if you already know that you're that you're aware of, like, the right choice, but you make the wrong choice, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Like, where's the bliss in that? I guess that's what I'm still trying to remedy. You don't, you don't think that people uh, ignore the truth to find happiness? What do you mean? People, that's literally what that expression means ignoring the truth to find happiness or to keep being happy quote unquote then I would ask what's happiness and that's like a whole other whole other uh... not necessarily it just depends if you choose happiness as your ultimate goal in life but that would mean like to be happy is to be ignorant because you don't most of the time trust. absolutely Okay, like the expression, the pursuit mm-hmm. of happiness. It's not something that you can attain. It's like a pursuit. Like, you keep chasing. I just... I hate the fact that it, uh, happiness is... This is something I've been coming up to within the last, like, few weeks. Um, I hate that happiness is a go- the end-all, be-all. That's everyone's right. ultimate fucking goal. Honestly, like, I would equate that to, like, you know, being quote-unquote woke now. Where it's like this one thing, like, oh, you're woke now, so, like, apparently you have, like thousands of years worth of knowledge because you've attained that like like a video game almost like, like i really don't like that like i don't like that that uh phrasing like none of that because it's almost like saying like oh just because like you've kind of like uh you've tapped into something on this one little thing it makes you kind of like it covers this whole umbrella of like all this knowledge that you weren't aware of but i don't think that's true and again i think just uh it, it just being a buzzword i think it's just another buzzword yeah but that's that's like a sub part of what we're really talking about. Like we're legit talking about a philosophical debate. So that's there's more to it than just that. The buzzword of pseudoscience or something. Oh right, that's just one minor aspect. Popularity of it. But like Like my ex- I hate when people end up saying like, Oh, if you want to be happy, do this, do this, uh first of all you're dealing with absolutes and that's always so stupid. Uh, oh, real quick. Uh, one of the, um, you're a Star Wars fan at all, by chance? Or a huge fan? No, Star Trek, man. I actually no, like I'm Star just Trek. Kidding, I'm kidding. I'm a big Star Trek fan myself. Lies, lies, lies. More over the Star, Star Wars. Star Wars, for sure. But there's a funny thing on, um, a meme I saw, I remember, from the third prequel, which was the one where, uh, the one where he becomes Darth Vader. Oh, uh, that's after Attack of the Clones. Uh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that third one. Yeah, what was that? Ah, Return shit. of the Jedi? Revenge of the... Dawn of the Sith? Dawn of the Sith? Or something Sith? Wasn't that the... We're going to edit this one out. uh, (laughs) Okay, Revenge of the Sith. That's the one, right? Yes. Do you remember... uh, There's a meme where... uh, Where, like... Anakin is, like, going freaky. It's towards the end. And he's just... Like, no, if you're not with me, you're against me. Some shit like that. He says something like that, right? right? And then... Uh, Ewan McGregor's character um, Obi-Wan Obi-Wan Kenobi says like 
only a only a Sith Lord deals in absolutes, and then the meme says like uh, says <laughs> says the thing that's an absolute. <laughs> only Sith Lords deal in absolutes is literally an absolute. <laughs> so like, oh, so then laugh like like yeah, that's so true. <laughs> you fucking idiot! Like why? I don't know. I always thought that was really funny. I don't know. I thought it was so no. Okay, so lately I've been getting okay. So let me get to the part one of this, right? The thing that's forever is like whether ig- look ignorance is bliss. Yes, that's true. Now whether you consider something to be happy worth your time, that's different than whether you can truth and happiness coincide just like um, not knowing and happiness kind of coincide. Being dumb, being dumb and happy is a thing, and being smart and sad is also a thing. Uh, sometimes they cross over, but for the most part, those are two separate things. The more knowledge you have, the sadder the world is. That's just the reality of it. So the I less you know about the world, or the less you know, what not necessarily the world, whatever, the less you know about any topic, the happier you usually are. That's kind of what ignorance is bliss kind of represents, right? So you don't know how fucked up things are, so you're able to kind of be with happy and your pig and shit type of mentality. Now, my problem now that's the first that step right sense. right that you get what i'm saying that so that's the first part though moving past that i'm at a point now where like why is happiness the ultimate goal what's so f- you know the elvis costello song where he's like what's so what's so great uh funny about pr- uh, peace love and understanding i'm at that point where i'm thinking like what's so great about ultimate ha- why is happiness the ultimate goal for everybody why is that the thing that everybody kind of throws their thing around to, to be the end-all be-all like well don't you want to be happy like why why is happy why does somebody wouldn't want to be happy why is it why is that not a why is it the ultimate goal and not the byproduct why is that the cake and not the cherry on top mm. there Unless should be like cherries and you hate cake <laughs> okay that's yes okay you, <laughs> never mind you proved me wrong <laughs> no no no, <laughs> no uh like why is that the it should be a bot. It should be a secondary, or it should be, um, in my opinion, not nah, should be. I shouldn't say should be because fuck that. That's another absolute. But the way I feel about it is, that's why I don't drink vodka. Uh, no. <laughs> absolute. Uh, there should be a, a different goal you should have, and if you're happy, in, in necessarily in spite of that, or because of that, or as a as a side thing of that, that's your cherry on top. Happiness should be the cherry on top, not your ultimate goal. You know what I mean by that? Truth, in my opinion, truth should be your ultimate goal, or peace right. should be your ultimate goal. One of the two. But if ha- and happiness comes with that, then then that's your cherry on top. But for you to choose specifically happiness, there's a to have that as your ultimate goal. It defaults you as your characteristics as a person, because there's a lot of stuff you can choose to ignore in pursuit of that specific goal. And most of it happens to be truth and peace, knowledge specifically. But yeah. But you can never really stop learning. You shouldn't. Yeah. Like, who was it? Um. He said, "Like, uh, like, uh, what? What's like the purpose of life?" In my opinion. I mean. I mean that's a big question. Um. Can I redirect to you? I think. Do you have an answer, or no, or you're just asking me? No, it was just like a very generic question. It, it, it's it's rhetor- It should be rhetorical. Because I don't think it's, it's almost a, like coming from a finite place, like, you know, as people, like, we, we're not here to last forever or anything. 
Mm-hmm. It's just something that can kind of go beyond us. Like, what is the purpose of life? Even if we knew it, like, we're still going to live and die eventually. I don't think people are going to be happy with what the, what I think the reality of the answer is. Which is just to multiply. Like, at our very most cellular... Evolutionary core? Yeah. yeah. Every I guess species, that makes sense. Every species ever, just to keep the species going. Just procreate. Yep. Right? Pretty much. Yeah. It's all we can do. Like, literally, even if we were in a position where we were brain dead, we could still pass on, like, uh, like you know, procreate. Yeah, but, I mean, you, you, you to dumb it down that way, yeah, absolutely. But even the smartest would know that the, to succeed, you want the human race to succeed. It's in your genetic code to just keep multiple. Keep going, yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. So you get your species to be the dominant one. It's very Darwinistic. It's very viral, like the original viral one. <laughs> sure. Like, like a virus, multiplying. Yeah. Just keep going. A bacteria, huh. viruses. We all, all every Damn. every species on the planet has the exact same. Is to keep going, even whether it's good for. There's no balance, right? Like we try to get a balance out of the out of nature, of the universe. But every most smart species ha, don't know the balance of it. They do. They overdo it. So. So dolphins, one of the smartest in the in the animal kingdom, right? If not the smartest, right? It's arguable between them and octopuses, or octopi, excuse me. Hmm. Uh, one of the smartest in the species, their morality goes out the window. They literally, like, rape, fucking, uh, multiply rape their fucking female counterparts over and over. They literally have, like, orgies, unwanted orgies for the girl or hmm. and whatever it is. Like, that. Hmm. the smarter you are, the more... Um, uh, sexually liberated you you are as a species right because you're not confined to like all these like you know well dolphins are one of the few other than humans to have like homosexual tendencies right uh bottom nose dolphins specifically Do- uh dogs uh what else uh oh wolves Do- uh, wolves specifically not just dogs but wolves specifically what happens when they procreate they overdo it they over in um uh, they have to be controlled because if they, when they procreate, they overtake an entire segment or region of thing, and then they become the dominant species, and then they end up like taking over, and it's bad for the environment. Right, when right. wolves do it, right? Uh, there's there's so many of the quote unquote intelligent type of species that end up over. They don't. We can't. We. The, it's ironic because you think the smarter you are, the more you know balance is so important. But for whatever reason, with the smarter species, we end we end up going out of balance. It's always the dumb animals that end up staying, staying. So if anything, the way to survive to, for this planet to really, really survive is for all of us to get a lobotomy or something. Hey, lobotomy, lobotomy. You. Yes, uh. <laughs> Dude, I'll to that. To ignorance is bliss. That was pretty good. Do you want to try this? Uh, it's a port. It has like, I think it has brandy in it. It's actually like it. sweet, but like not bad sweet. Like fucking Fairbanks. It's not bad. It's yeah, not bad it, at all. It's not like one of those like wax sweet wines. Like, take a little bit. Kill it, man. Mm-mm. I ain't doing that. I gotta go home. Are you still empty? We got that fight coming up later. Yeah, yeah I'll shoot. Oh, actually, it's all right now. But I gotta wrap up in a little bit. It's all good. Yeah, yeah, I'll shoot through. Yeah. Uh, probably, I'm wondering if I'm going to be able to make it to my friend's thing. Right 
hey man, when in Rome, <laughs> that doesn't apply here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. Uh, are you going with uh, Tina too or no? Uh, she's still at work until like seven or eight. Like, come she goes through. back. Yeah, turn to come through. Yeah, 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 for sure. I don't know. If she's into the. Oh, she's probably not right into like the MMA stuff. Or... Oh no, I mean she still shoots through. Just and to hang to yeah, drink, right? Yeah, yeah just to chill. You know, she's not a big drinker. You know, like oh, I'll cover it. Like going to like comedy clubs, you know, there's like a three to minimum or something. Yeah, sure, 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 sure. Like, oh. like I got you. What was the last comedy club you've been to? Uh, downtown Long Beach. Uh, Laugh Factory? Laugh Factory, yeah. I had a new joke I was trying to work on. Let me look it up. Not new, but like a month, a month ago. Let me see. No, this was so stupid. But my kids left. Did I say this one? <laughs> That's all the, go for it, yeah. I gave my stereo. Okay, so. <laughs> you know how like in a boombox, you have like stereo mono? Oh, okay. Did I yeah. tell you this one? Uh, no, 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 but the one where I, you know, like I gave my boombox mono by playing too many Kiss records. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, man. <laughs> so everybody at home. You have stereo and you have mono as two modes you can do. Yeah, but uh, like, but mono is known as the kissing disease for every year. So mononucleosis is like the, so the property. Too many kiss records <laughs> on your poop box. <laughs> you can give it mono. I thought that was funny. That was pretty good. Yeah. That was pretty good. Yeah. Oh, this one I thought was funny too. I'm, I'm, it is. I guess it'd work better if I was like a female comedian, but. Um, I was trying to make it out of, like, cosmology. Not cosmology. Cosmeto- cosmetology. Cosmeto- I was trying to do, like, a cosmology, cosmetology. And then I was just like, no, no, no. People, too many people are not going to get it. So I ended up changing to beautician school. So I was like, oh, I'm going to beautician school. But I missed a day, so I had to take a makeup class for it. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> All right, those are my, the last two jokes I've made in a while, so... <laughs> That's pretty good. There, yeah, you go. there you go, folks. That's what we'll end with that. We'll end with that. Let's end with this fucking corny ass bullshit. We went from like philosoph- philosophical, oh, deep shit. thinking things of crisis to like bullshit <laughs> crap jokes. All right, guys. Uh, Love. Any last words? Anything last one you want to hit with? Uh, shit. Uh, no. No, no. I, I think I pretty much covered everything I needed to cover. This will be the last one till. Uh, Cause I'm back like Christmas week, but I, I hope so. I doubt we will be able to record. If I'm able to record that week, we'll do it. Yeah, I'm down like whenever. Yeah, like, it's gonna be a short week that week anyway. So it's up to you, man. Well, yeah, I'll be back right before Christmas, and I'll stay here till after New Year's. So I won't be back. So that's something that maybe we'll get a chance to record. Yeah, it's like I'm a down. Week. That's like a week long, right? I'm trying to do like a like super like fucked up like holiday episode with like. What are you eggnog, but with like real like rum? <laughs> sure. Kind of, you get. Store. I've yeah. never had eggnog before. Have you? Oh, uh, like the eggnog, like in the cartons. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, is it, I mean, what's the taste? I tell me. It's uh, it's it's almost like a noggy shake because it's so thick. It's it's almost like a shake, but without it's an the alcoholic icing. base drink. Yeah, right? yeah, rum. They use rum. I think it's rum, rum or vodka, but I think it's rum. Okay. Uh, rum pope. Like it's just like stuff that the, my parents used to have. I don't know. Nice. But just I don't remember. <laughs> 
But like the soda the store tastes a lot sweeter because he put all that sugar in it to make it more delectable and uh, yeah, sure. That's how we get addicted to everything. Sugar. That's an evolutionary thing too, they say. Mm. And that's when drug addicts are drug addicts. Oh, the addictive personality type of thing. Like uh, it triggers Endorphin. a part of the brain. It, it's mm. all like you know, like um, like the part that like simulates it, like when you do cocaine or all these other hard narcotics. Mm. The same part of the brain is triggered when you eat a lot of salt or sugar. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. I heard it's harder to quit. I mean, I don't know how much sugar is it. They're just doing it for hyperbole or whatever, but it's yeah. harder to quit sugar than it is cocaine. That's what people... Because it's more accessible. And you're not going to go to jail for getting a candy bar as opposed to, you know... Well, are getting you? Getting a time back. Yeah, well, not yet. <laughs> Nobody's written that movie yet. You know, mm-hmm. That's that's our next goal. Snooze and booze the movie. Sugar, oh, sugar Rush. Sugar, sugar Rush. That'll be like the sequel. Cocaine, sugar cane. Like, you know, I don't know. What about Big Daddy Kane? <laughs> I love that movie. The kids movie. <laughs> Scary movie. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, we've been rambling for, for two... Ramblers? Let's get rambling. We've been rambling for too long. Um, uh, you know what? This episode might come out around Christmas, so happy... Merry, happy happy birthday, Jesus. Is that what... You know, that's how mm. I, I say that. You see how I say it's Merry... Nice. Uh, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to all. Nope. Mer- uh, uh, May- Merry Yermas and a Happy Christmas. I thought you were going to be like, Happy Kwanzaa, nigga, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's a Mazel Tov. You can play like Hava Nagu on. Mazel Tov, man. Mazel Tov to all my Jewish homies out there. Oi, oi, oi. Oi, oi, oi. What's a uh, what's a Jewish uh, spin the dreidel? I guess. What's a... Oh, dreidel, dreidel, dreidel. I made you out of clay. The golem or the dreidel? Well, you know it's funny, you know, because like you know, like in the Hebrew custom they have the dreidel, and in the Mexican custom they have the the tomas or to- uh, what do you call to- it? Toma todo, toma yeah, toma whatever. Very similar, huh? Huh? You think there's something there? Yeah, I think so, oh, but okay. I, I don't have it in me right now. Like, Mexican Jews? Well, there are Jews in Mexico, so. Yeah, so they immigrated, you know. I think there's more Mormons than Jews, but yeah, there's definitely Jews in Mexico. Hmm. Actually, yeah. Mitt Romney is from like Mexico and shit. From where? Mexico. Is he really? Mitt Romney? Yeah. The yeah. guy who was going to be president? Yeah, like his dad is legit like Mexican. Huh. I guess back in like the 40s or 50s, whatever, they. No, I'm sorry. Back in like the 1840s or 1840, his family moved down there. And, uh, yeah, there's like a whole big like. They even have to hire bodyguards for the cartel things and everything. Oh yeah, there's a whole like thing on the like the Mormons in in Mexico. Thing. Oh man, I just went through this audio book on uh, Audible with the uh, Castillo. Oh yeah, she's great. Like she... yeah. Oh, her and her relationship with uh, El Chapo and all that? Oh, no, no, no. No, like the series. No, like on Audible. Like, there's this, like, book where she narrated about, like, uh... Like... Oh, sorry. I thought it was, like, a podcast temp thing. Never mind. Um, what was the book on? Um, it was about, like, the, the women of Juarez. Mm. It, like, it was actually pretty good. Pretty good. Because you kind of, like, pretty much... You remember she's spoken... Uh, hold on, let me check. For the audience at home? She's gorgeous. I think she's really, really pretty. Oh, dude, absolutely. Do you think it's a genetic thing that we find, like, Hispanic women more beautiful than any other race? Like, my crushes have all been, like, Mm. 
my super crushes have uh, been, like Gwen Stefani is white, obviously half Italian, half Irish, but white hmm. essentially, right? But you know, but I think in general, like more Hispanic women are more beautiful than any other race or whatever. That, but that's got to be a genetic thing, right? I mean, I don't know if it's genetic. I would just think it's just because that's what we grew up with. So we see that more. Well, and well just like that kind of like as Americans feeds kinda, out and feeds in. As Americans, we probably have a little bit more of a open mind towards that kind of view, right? I mean, I would like to think so. You know, like I would think like you know when I was a kid, like you know, like obviously we're all Mexican, and then like, but then again, I had like the neighbor kid, he was white, and then the other guy like down the street, he was black, and then the other. Kid, you know, that we but I think play. more and more accessible, like entertainment wise, right? Like I grew up on like uh, Hong Kong cinema movies, and some of my biggest crushes are like Asian films, Asian women from whatever films. But is there a genetic thing legit where like well, I out of, like you're just in tune with right? Them like if I could pick any race where women, I could only have women from this specific race or a specific ethnicity. I probably pick Hispanic, right? Like, I mean, that's how I, I would be. But is that a thing? Just because it's like what you're most familiar with? That's why like, I don't oh, know. Okay, I guess. As Americans, it's confusing because we're mm. exposed so much, but it's also in our genetic code, right? So we, to to do that experiment, we legit have to be only exposed to a certain race, being a different race, and then see mm. if we come up with the same result, right? That'd be pretty interesting. <laughs> hey, man, that's like a movie or a documentary waiting to happen. <laughs> huh. You're welcome. The snooze, the documentary on snooze and booze host trying to see titties for free. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, did you see the? So I can give for the audience at home. Uh, the Kate Castillo. Uh, oh movie? shit! Yeah. yeah. Or, um, uh, book. It's called uh, the way she spoke. The way she spoke. The way she spoke. Kate. Dick. Kate. That's good. Okay. The way she All spoke. Right, everybody at home. All right, gentlemen or ladies and gentlemen. Uh, happy, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year for everybody at home. What uh, was that? Uh, home Alone. Uh, Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's our cue off. All right.